Hey, it's Adam here, and I want to tell you where you can get more free sex and how you can support the podcast. I'm building a kind of hub for the project on Substack. It's just freesex.substack.com. I'm publishing transcripts for all episodes there for free and occasional writings about free sex for subscribers only. Plus, you can interact with me and stuff like that. To make this podcast, I'm relying on contributions from listeners. My indie podcast company, Artnell, has invested in getting it going, and I'm paying my guests. But the only way I can fund it from now is with support from people like you, who subscribe at freesex.substack.com. Or you can just continue listening to the podcast for free and using the transcripts on the Substack if you need them. Thanks for joining me as we edge ever closer to a world of free sex. What does free sex mean to you? Do you ever think you'd have more sex or better sex if only you could change one thing? What is that thing? I'm Adam Smith, a writer, podcast producer, walker, talker, thinker, wanker. (laughs) I started having sex at 29. 29! And I've been obsessed ever since. Now I'm on a mission to find out how, as a society, we hold each other back in sex. What could a world of free sex look like? For me, free sex is a world with more places to fuck and without sexually transmitted infections. How about you? What are you into? Every episode, I speak to a different human with a unique idea for what free sex could mean. This podcast is fully pansexual and gender fluid. From mild to wild, everyone is welcome. Let's go. Who blocks us from finding healthy online content about sex? My guest this episode is Reed Amber. She's a sex educator and sex worker activist with a cool 123,000 followers on Instagram. Bit more than me. <laughs> Reed has a huge audience thanks to the incredible range of work she creates, from her own sexy content to campaigns about loving your sexual body and to a podcast called Fucks Given which probably beats free sex as the most risque podcast title. While Reed is using the internet to try to remove our shame about our bodies and mental health, the companies that create our online world, like Instagram, are silencing her. You might think the internet can help us create a world of free sex, but the truth is that the social media and content channels are obsessed with censoring people like Reed. Let's get into it. Here's Reed Amber. Reed Amber, welcome to Free Sex. Thank you for being here. Hello, thank you for having me. What does free sex mean to you? Well, free sex means to me the end of censorship. I need Mm -hmm. Instagram to sort my profile out and let me be seen. It also means the better education around sex relationships and pornography yeah and for sex workers to be treated and respected just like your average builder 
Right, like a legit job, right? Like a legit job, yeah. Like a legit the job. The skill set is there. Why do we not get the same <laughs> respect? <laughs> okay, so those are three things. Uh, internet censorship, sex education, and sex work. So let's dive into censorship. What has been happening with your Instagram account? Oh, I cannot even begin. It is so <laughs> frustrating. It is... Every day I have come up against a wall, even though the content that I produce is educational and I do my best to stay within Instagram's guidelines, um, but they do not like me because I'm an open sex worker and I talk about sex educational topics and use language that isn't found in a biology book. So... I've had my Instagram account deleted eight times, like deleted, vanished off the face of the earth. Um, Managed to get them back each time, thank goodness. But Mm -hmm. the fear of that, and that's been, um, the time period has been anywhere between two weeks to three months before. And you get no communication from Instagram. I've been working on my Instagram account probably solidly for the last seven years. And I think a lot of people don't realize what work goes into creating a a profile that gets a lot of engagement and has, I I currently have 122,000 followers on my account. I think it's 123 because I just (gasps) looked. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. That's so nice. Um, I've been having a little bit of an Instagram break because the burnout has been so real Mm -hmm. where everything I seem to post, I get told off for it or I get a warning or I change my bio to read sex educator and sex worker activist. And this isn't even with the trigger word sex. This is SX, how I've typed it. Mm -hmm. And Instagram have flagged me with a warning saying, your profile can't be seen by anyone that isn't a follower. So it's just another stab in the face about Mm. what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to help others achieve, which ultimately is better sex education and destigmatizing and anti-shaming how we feel about our sex lives. Mm-hmm. And Instagram just can't handle it. Even you- even if I'm still hidden by young accounts or accounts that they deem too young to see my content. Yeah. Can you give me an example of a piece of content that you made like recently, like what was in it that mm-hmm. is educational and destigmatizing, but and and then how that fell foul of those community guidelines? Yes. Um, one that sticks in my mind is last year I went on holiday to Thailand and I took this beautiful photo of my lower half nude but with a flower covering it and I spoke about how in Thailand it was illegal to bring in sex toys and um and how there was a real mismatch in pleasure and gender out there and then I also mentioned another a couple of other countries that have made sex toys illegal and that instantly got deleted like removed taken down so I put the same photo up again and rephrased the text and that got taken down and then I think I tried it on a third time where I changed the photo but kept the same text and that also got taken down wow Um, and what is it that what is the policy that you're contravening (laughs) so every time I get a warning I get the same warning which is sexual solicitation which is basically selling my sexual services or talking about sex in a Mm -hmm maybe in an unprofessional way. I 
I have forever, for the past like maybe year now, have been maybe even two or three years changing my language, changing the way I type things, changing how I word things because they get flagged by Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, So that makes writing posts. I'm dyslexic. So writing captions for me is extremely hard. I love taking photos and creating content, making videos. But when it comes to the actual caption itself, that is a real struggle for me. So having to add another element of rethinking how I write certain words like pleasure, like Mm -hmm. vulva. Um, There are some other words as well that are really unaccepted. Basically, anything that might be sex related, you have to censor that with characters, special characters or emojis or insinuate or use like innuendos, which makes the point coming across really hard for people to pick up or to learn from. And even still in within videos, if I'm writing captions, because I try and caption all my videos so people can read them as they go. And I still have to make sure those those words are blocked out. Um, And swearing seems to be fine. Mm -hmm. And it's it's either a target on my account because I am constantly seeing other accounts posting much more explicit Mm. or um, pushing the boundaries of Instagram, that kind of content. And that seems to be up there fine. Like celebrities, Uh. I'm literally seeing celebrities in very sexual poses, showing their nipples, talking about really overly sexual things, but not educating people. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be able to have their photos and videos up fine. But when it comes to a proud, open sex worker like myself, it gets banned and blacklisted, shadow banned. And it's just really hard to gain any kind of followers. I've yeah. Actually, this year I went backwards in followers. I hit 120,000. And then slowly for the last year, I've been going backwards. I went down to 117,000. And now all of a sudden I've picked up again to 123. Right. And it's just yeah. like, what is going on here? Do you think that it's because you're an out proud sex worker? And even though you change the word and you put SX or S asterisk X yeah. or something like that, <laughs> um, that, that if they're, I mean, I, I know that these things are often just like robots and algorithms that mm-hmm. are like making these judgments. But um, if there is a human that looks at your account and looks at the other accounts that you have online you know it is clear that you are a sex worker because as you said you're out and proud about that and it's your work and it it is your right to um have that those platforms Mm -hmm. but that I guess those celebrities that are doing you know even more sexier things than you they're not sex workers they're not identifiable as sex workers yes and so um you might put something that's quite tame but it's that in combination with the fact that you are a sex worker that's the thing right so have, yeah. you, have you tried to or thought about as far as Instagram goes, like not saying that you're a sex worker and like re- really, <laughs> really saying, you know, I don't know the old the old thing. I'm I do massage or or whatever it is. Yeah, I, I of course, I think about that daily, especially with my recent warning where they're like, yeah. you can't put this. Yeah. But that's not the point. The point is, is I'm a mm-hmm. sex worker. I, mm-hmm. I get to choose what I do with my body. I love my job. I love every aspect of my job. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is nothing wrong with being a sex worker. In the UK, yeah. it's legalized, which we are trying to aim for decriminalization because it's very complicated. But I am I'm very proud in saying that I am a sex worker I used to hide it I used to hide it and it used to really play on my mental health and my self-acceptance and my self-confidence because 
if you're not actually accepting who you are, then there is a part of you that is being eaten away. Being a sex worker is my identity. And I want to prove to other people, especially sex workers, because you know, we we have a community, we have a space to hold there, that it is okay with what we do. We shouldn't have to hide it because a social media account deems it not appropriate for people to see, even though we are giving good quality, interesting, informational content that people clearly like because my engagement is so high compared to a lot of accounts. People want to see this content, but I'm still getting a slap on the wrist every time I speak openly about it. It's you never really know what you're going to do to upset Instagram or TikTok, especially, especially. But what's been your experience on TikTok? Uh, well, I've given up posting. Oh, really? Because I just every time I post something, it gets taken down immediately or um, blacklisted. And of course, the mo- more videos you have that are taken down, the less likely people are going to see it because the algorithm doesn't push you out. It's the same for Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter is a safe space for sex workers, although they did have a blip recently, which which scared the shit out of us. But that was just a glitch in the Matrix, mm-hmm. apparently. Okay. Um, but again, don't really like using Twitter either. It is not my type of platform. I like using photo and video heavy platforms. Yeah. That's what I enjoy using. Um, and a lot of sex workers do prefer using that because, you know, especially if they they're learning and they're producing and creating in different ways, most sex workers are really good at being their own camera crew and their yeah. own um marketing agency and their own sales team yeah. um i mean for me i'm i'm also my own therapist um <laughs> uh, i you know giving out my services to people who don't want sexual services mm-hmm. there is so much more to a sex worker than i think a lot of people think yeah. on top of which being an educator having um a huge youtube channel and a podcast yeah. and being a podcast host and going up on stage and talking openly to thousands of people mm-hmm. it's i'm not just I shouldn't let me rephrase that because I don't want to minimize any anyone who is a sex worker who, who just does sex work. Yeah. Um, but let me just figure out. I guess out you what mean that you don't only do the sex work, that you also do these other things. And it's not to say that only doing the sex work is, you know, is a is a minimal job at all. It's just to say that you are like a multi-platform, multi multifaceted uh, multifaceted person who, loves, who also wants to make lots of different things. Yeah, who loves video and and photo content. I love yeah. it. I adore it. It's what what works for me. It's what makes things visually pleasing. It's how I learn better. And it's gorgeous. Like your the work that you do that I've seen, like that you can it's clear you know it it is like an art form it's like really clear cleverly put together and it's gorgeous and it's beautiful and sexy and all those things thank you Um, at at what point do you think that you would give up on Instagram oh I feel like I would give up on Instagram and it came very close this year um there was uh, in the space of about a week and a half um we recorded over 55 UK accounts just completely being deleted. Uh, yes. And that was part of Club the Boat. And this was also part of the, the Fetish Archive. Lots of huge platforms where people feel safe and um, held and, and supported in vanished just like that. Um, my account didn't go, which I was a bit surprised about, but lots of accounts that I knew did. Mm-hmm. And we ended up, 
having holding a protest outside of London Meta offices because it seemed so targeted that they were just going after these specific accounts for no reason, no warning. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can understand if there's warnings. I can understand if there's an explanation why they are going to take us down, but they never do. Yeah. The, the which we just vanish with nobody to talk to unless you're very lucky and you have connections within Facebook, Meta, Instagram, yeah. but otherwise you're doomed. And I do believe that sex workers are still targeted. I remember years ago when I was working on the Babe channels on the TV, shaking my oh, phone. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> and I found a Twitter account that was his, his whole purpose like you know i'm gonna assume gender and i shouldn't assume gender um their whole purpose was to remove sex workers from instagram so they would post a link to a sex worker instagram account whether or not this person was posting sexually explicit content or racy content or whether they were just fo- posting their family and their friends they would post them and say, right, report, report, report. And back in the day, if you reported an image enough, it would be removed. If you reported a count enough, it would be removed. Without a human seeing it, it would just be bot removed. Yeah. Um, and that was like really hard for me to see because it all of these people commenting on each of these posts saying like, yes, we finally got her taken down. And it was yeah. all women. It was, it was all women uh. that were being taken down. Didn't see any men being taken down. Um, it was, and it just felt, I just felt so isolated that there were people out there willing to give up their spare time, their free time Mm -hmm. to just hound and harass and try and remove sex workers from a platform without even knowing them just because they didn't like the industry and they didn't like what they did. And that was really disheartening. And I still have, I'm fairly certain I still have accounts that are reporting every single one of my images um i think last year i had an image from like seven years ago taken down it's like someone would have had to go all the way through my account to 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 report the shit out of that you know yeah yeah that's really um wild that people spend their time doing that right it's sad it's like come on (laughs) (laughs) your other so your second point was about sex ed Mm -hmm. sex education in schools so um i'm wondering about uh how if we had better sex ed, you know, with with our eye on the goal of like having a world of freer sex, basically, mm-hmm. yes, um, with our eye on that goal, uh, what exactly would changing sex education do for that? What are your ideas there? So, sex education has been rocky, as we know. I think we've all had <laughs> to poor say the sex least. education, yeah. <laughs> especially because I think it's unfair how sex ed in the UK works. I think we have better sex ed than a lot of yeah. other countries, but we're still so behind. Yeah. Um, I know that things are changing now. I'm hearing that they are actually for enforcing certain topics like gender and sexuality which is so good which was mm-hmm. which we need to hear rather than schools or parents or teachers opting out of certain topics yeah but there's still such a long way to go i would yeah. love to be able for schools to talk openly about pornography because mm-hmm. i think that's part of the reason why sex and sex work is really deemed as or demonized really Mm -hmm. deemed as the bad thing especially Mm -hmm. now with how our relationships have formed around pornography and porn addiction we don't look at we never look within ourselves and why we're 
leading to porn why we're going to porn Mm -hmm. to for an escapism or for dopamine release we just blame the people on our screens and the sex workers and the tech companies and um and of course a huge part of that is true you know the sex tech companies do need to sort their the the ways that they push out and allow people to upload free pornography because that is killing the industry and it's also really harming not just people that can access it but everyone adults Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. um we need to be able to teach pornography like Mm -hmm. we do film studies or media studies where it's like we know that they're actors we know that we're going to the cinema we're watching actors we're watching like really meticulously thought out dramatic scenes and uh, i mean even if you flip it if you think of like saw for example it's the Mm -hmm. most gruesome form of torture and murder and we don't bat an eyelid and yet as soon as it comes to pornography we can't even fathom that -hmm. they might be real people with lives with children we don't want to we want to be suspended in the belief but if we were teaching that in schools at an early age saying that pornography is a fantasy is make-believe um then we might think differently about the way the sex workers are and also the way that it's an industry and it's and it's made by um yes it's made by people but the decisions behind it are made um in terms of you know often it's it's companies making those decisions Mm -hmm. it's about what we'll sell um it's interesting the media studies or film studies comparison because (laughs) i did gcse media studies yes in like 1999 and 2000 and then i did uh, around then and then i did a level media studies and i remember Mm -hmm. both in my school where i where i did gcse and in my college where i did a level media studies like generally these things were seen as like you know lesser subjects Mm -hmm. um sort of a because they were in the artsy world but also b because it was like oh well you're just watching films and watching tv and talking about it which we were but it was in those classes where i learned and bearing in mind those were optional Mm-hmm. It was in those classes where I learned about uh, feminism and about class yes. and mm-hmm. uh, and um, and capitalism and all those things because it was about like, well, you know, who's made this movie? Why are they making this movie? Why do they want people to see it? How does it continue to convey regular standard representations of gender? Mm-hmm. You know, why is the woman in distress? Why is the man <laughs> yeah. strong and butch? You know, and like movies are still doing all of that shit today, mm-hmm. right? And it was like in those where I learned about stuff like that, which has become like so much a big part of my life. And it's now, you know, it's a big part of my work. And so um so first of all, yes, shout out to media studies. That was my <laughs> that was so important in my education. And if we learn about porn in the same way where we're learned to where we're taught to kind of like basically look at it and just think critically about mm-hmm. it. It's not to say don't go to the movies, it's not to say don't watch porn, it's to say think about what's going on here. Yeah. And, and then why also you're what you're seeing. And why mm. you're seeing, yeah. And mm. who's making it? Uh, um, I mean, we know that the porn industry Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. ...is really flawed. There are a lot of things that could change, but I do believe if sex work was treated differently, if there was a lack of judgment and fear revolving around the sex industry, which is one of the biggest earning industries in the entire world. And there is so much hypocrisy involved where people will point the finger saying, don't watch porn, but they will also sneakily watch porn and not tell anyone about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's yeah. There's, there's a lot there to be said, but there, there could be a lot of good change within the porn industry and make it a fairer, more ethical industry. But governments and um bigger legal bodies don't want to touch it because they think oh no it's all gross and it's all wrong and 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 i for one the sex workers that i know we are not in the same we're nowhere near what we have grown up seeing in the movies and in media about sex work you know you think of that sex worker stereotype which is full of drugs Mm -hmm. violence um really like scabby and unattractive looking and it has a certain look um and it's really hard because i thought the same thing growing (laughs) up i thought that that's what sex workers were until you saw shows like um diary of a cool girl Uh, and it was like wow okay sex work can be like this or you watch documentaries that don't try and Mm. bend the narrative about Mm. sex work um, and that's that's the experience that I have. The, the the network of sex workers that I am in looks nothing like what we grew up thinking sex work was. Yeah. Um, it's just it's fascinating how how much that can change people's opinions. Even my yeah. boyfriend, when we first met as liberal and yeah. as open minded and the fact that he loved me doing sex work, yeah. he still had very negative and confusing and and misinformed views about sex work that we've had to work through and now he's like wow i can't believe i've completely changed my thought process on this how what did he say about it before you like changed his mind a bit so one example um is that we are Mm non-monogamous and when it came to me sleeping with somebody with uh sleeping with a partner or sleeping with somebody off of a dating app for example that was completely acceptable but when it came to meeting a client um a service that we had already planned out uh an exchange of money there was an issue there there was an issue around safety there was an issue around um who is this person that's willing to pay for sex and you think of the stereotype of a pervert and yeah. that's and pervert doesn't even mean what we think it means today. Pervert is something that's out of the sexual norm. Yeah. But pervert, we think of like uh, like the stereotype of someone that's a bit weird or a bit gross yeah. or like that maybe is going to harm me or yeah. um, just I, someone I don't want to work with, for example. Yeah. And it's like yeah. I have that's completely the opposite of how I work as a sex worker. I yeah. understand that I come from a privileged sex workplace mm-hmm. and I, I can pick and choose my clients and who I work with. Yeah. And a lot of sex workers can't do that. Yeah. But I, I love working with, I prefer working with my clients to meeting an absolute random yeah. on a dating app who might completely disrespect me, yeah. make me feel unsafe compared to somebody where we have, gone into detail about what we're going to do in a session and 
They know exactly how much to pay. I know exactly how much to put in. There is safety and care and and conversations and and safe words and aftercare involved in that session when everyone else seems to have a fine idea about just meeting a random off a dating app and shagging them and it just it it blows my mind i mean it's it's a double standard right that's what that's what your boyfriend was was doing before Mm -hmm. you talked to him a bit more about it because he he was okay with you meeting someone off an app but not okay with you meeting someone uh, where you were working with them as a client Mm -hmm. and even though you might have you might have done the exact same thing in terms of sex uh the double standard was that if it's paid for then it's not okay yeah not okay Um, Mm -hmm. and that and and so yeah it's a double standard where I think people think that if it's sex work then it's automatically sleazier it's yes worse it's it's Mm -hmm. also it's unethical for people a lot Um, of people think it is unethical Um, whereas actually what you're saying is it can be more ethical honestly more ethical yeah yeah um and of course that might be the business that i have created i've created a very Mm -hmm. safe network of how i meet new clients and and Mm -hmm. what i do within those sessions you know knowing my boundaries and my limits and their boundaries and limits um and and that does come with difficulty because a lot of us can't even do that when we go on a date or when we sleep with somebody or sleep with our partners yeah. Um, but it, it it took a lot of conversation with my partner to really help him see that side of things and to show him what the sex industry from my side was really like and how misinformed it was. Yeah. And and he did. He did come around and he did realize he was like, I can't believe I felt like this. Yeah. Um, and that's someone who wanted to learn. I don't blame him for thinking like that. It's not yeah. his fault. It yeah. is the it is society. It's what he's been built up to believe and seen yeah. that sex workers are from yeah news media films stories yeah. especially the uk news when it comes to sex work oh mm. my goodness mm. we are the devil <laughs> yeah and it's also i mean he um it's not that many people that would have allowed you to change their mind basically yes. i'm saying yeah. he sounds pretty special he's a keeper <laughs> he's definitely a keeper we are so madly in love it's beautiful oh, that's cute. um and yeah and, and he's now dipping his toe into the world of sex work which okay. is just exciting and wonderful yeah. and i honestly think that you can't really comment until you're in that world until you test it out yeah. again sex work is such a broad term a lot of people yeah. think that sex worker is is just like having sex for money but sex yeah. work literally could be someone on instagram says i'll give you 20 quid for a picture of your feet that is right. sex work right you know it's it's the same it's it's goods and money for sexual services even if you don't yeah. find that service sexual at all yeah well, when you said he was dipping his toe, I did wonder whether that's whether he was selling foot pics. Oh actually. yes, he is. It's beautiful <laughs> and so sexy. So we both have OnlyFans accounts, and we're just making incredible content together. And okay. now, and now he sees it. I I almost feel like as much as I can fight my corner, fight my side, and help him to see the other side. It just helps so much more when he's actually in it himself and he yeah. understands it. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. a lot of fear, isn't it? It's a lot of fear around. Mm-hmm safety um I, I think that was the biggest issue for me where it was like I don't understand how you think I'm safer meeting somebody off of a dating app than I yeah. am meeting somebody who I have a copy of their photo ID I, I know their social media we've been talking extensively about what yeah. we're going to do and what we're not going to do yeah um I have had way more sexual assault situations from mm-hmm. dating apps than I have mm-hmm. ever experienced in all of my sex work in sex work it's just yeah. 
it so blows my mind. <laughs> one of I've got to ask you as a sex worker while I have you at this question that um, as I've talked to more and more people about this idea of free sex, you know, where I'm saying yes. quite provocatively, like, how do we get to a world of free sex, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean which doesn't mean unpaid work for sex <laughs> yeah. workers. Right. Um, it just means uh, freer, you know, uh, uh, more freedom to have the sex that we want. Mm-hmm. And if you're, a, you know, if you're a sex worker, then that means to be able to do that work. Um, and uh, and if I think about uh, often there's this idea that clients of sex workers part of their enjoyment of it is the fact that it's kind of like unfree in a way that yes. it's kind of like mm-hmm. you know under the table as it were I mean it might literally be under the table but it's it's a sort of you know there's um their attraction is relying on the danger of it as they see mm-hmm. it the risk and the, the and the sleaziness of it the taboo yeah. exactly so I'm wondering where that factors into your vision of a world of freer sex because if it means that there are, it cuts out some of that attraction to those clients you know imagine if sex workers had the same respect in society as doctors uh or builders or wh- oh whoever my goodness. it is that would you know, i mean that would then, be amazing but i wouldn't it, be earning the money that i do and right. i wouldn't be getting the amount of clients in that i i have interesting because okay if if sex work was seen as going to your dentist, yeah. then I I feel like part of the reason why I enjoy it is the fact that not many people do this. And it's something yeah. that does push the boundaries of what's acceptable. Yeah. I, of course, would love a world where I was respected the same and there was no judgment with what I choose to do with my body. Yeah. But... The reason why it is so exciting and lucrative is because people disagree with it. Because if they didn't, everyone might do it because there are so many people that love sex and there is nothing better than loving sex and getting paid for the sex that you love. I have a lot of foot fetish clients and my main in-person meets are foot worship meets where I give them my foot and they basically massage my feet and pay me for it and it is the best thing in the entire world but if that was widely accepted I would probably have to lower my rates and I wouldn't get as many clients coming to me because more people would be doing it it would be almost like um, a saturation in the industry Um, even if I'm still the person that I am and I still have the the social media accounts that I do, I know that that makes me more desirable as a sex worker because it's even more taboo that I'm this influencer, yeah. if you will, but you could still yeah. meet up with me. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think I would be, I, I wouldn't have my flat. I wouldn't own my flat in London mm-hmm. with a tiny little garden. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be able to feel so at ease when it came to going on holiday and... Yeah there's there's so much to consider and i also i love taboo i've always loved breaking breaking rules <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't be that exciting for me i'd be like okay what's the next thing what's yeah. what's more what's more widely dis- disapproved on okay well let's like open a scat yeah. dentistry or something like that <laughs> and really scare people you know scat dentistry that's yeah. a oh concept God, that's... right there Can you imagine? not yucking anyone's yum but whoa yeah yeah that's quite special um yeah so it's interesting like you said that that would change the nature of your business and your mm-hmm. work and yet you are still doing what you're doing which is to um you know educate more and more people destigmatize mm-hmm. sex work and sex and pleasure and bodies uh, and feet and all these things um so uh you know that's it's really great to have you working on that even though 
in a way, there's the, there would, there's this weird paradox of if we did reach that free sex utopia, yes. that it would change the nature of your business. Um, I guess that means that you're not too confident that we're going to get there anytime soon. I would be so surprised. Um, <laughs> I am seeing a big influx in spaces like with OnlyFans and paying for sexual services online because yeah. of celebrities and well-known people picking that service up. Yeah. And that is pretty amazing because it is making it more mainstream and the more I talk about having an OnlyFans account the more positive responses I get from that it's no longer oh are you sure like I'm not really sure about that Mm. it's now oh my god that's so cool I've been thinking about getting an OnlyFans can you tell me more about it and I'm like yes this is what I want is this excitement around a company or around selling sexual services but also with that you are getting more um What's it called? Is it saturation or desaturation? I can never. Yeah, saturation. Like more yeah. people doing it in the market, right? Yeah, more yeah. more saturation. Where yeah. everyone now wants to be an influencer or be on TikTok or have an yeah. OnlyFans, and that pool of potential clients is getting smaller and smaller, or more yeah. widely distributed. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. It's a bit of a tricky one, and of course, sec. Well, actually, with all work that we do with ourselves, mm-hmm. when we see our numbers go down, it mm-hmm. it actually ends up making making us feel uncomfortable or more self-conscious and makes us turn inwards on what am I doing wrong? And, right. and and you have to be so on top of your mental health with not just sex work, but also any type of work in any industry. Right. So that's my final question for you mm. then, because the free, having listened to all of the things that you've talked about, and it's, I'm so grateful for you sharing all of these things, like mm. the personal stories, the views and everything. It's, um, it's so important with all of that there is this need to take care of yourself yes and so and and that to me also seems like a crucial part of a free sex world is a oh, world where useful, yeah. yes we're able to have the sex that we want to have but with that comes the the knowledge the self-awareness and the care for ourselves and also for each other mm-hmm. so just you know wrap me up in a in in this and tell me how do you do that the way I look after myself um has been very rocky because I've had real difficulty with my mental health in the past I think 15 years actually I would say since I got started school you know it has always been there but I see a therapist every single week I've found that 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 really helps me maintain my thoughts and my feelings um and also I just love learning about it or I love learning about myself um and why I do the things that I do and why I am the way that I am. I also think you need to safeguard when you're working in an industry that isn't, you're not surrounded by so many people, especially if you work at home alone or if you're freelance, then it's, it's so isolating and you can feel like if you're not getting any work in that the problem is you or you're doing something undesirable, you're not good enough. And it's really important to surround yourself with like-minded people and create a community for yourself. I've worked so hard at creating a space where um, people doing what I do are connected together. So uh, I've created a monthly meetup for sex fluences, which has been amazing. We meet up once a month and chat about everything from 
rates or from what what brands are fucking us over or right. from like i don't know what to do about my mental health here have you got any okay. advice and we have a whatsapp group um and i've also done the same for sex workers in the uk yeah. um and the meetups coming soon but it's it's about not hiding because when you're when you're working on your own you can almost feel like everyone else's competition yeah. rather than seeing it as we are all doing the same thing. We are all working towards the same ending, the same goal, the same cause. Why are we not banding together and helping each other out? Yeah. Um, it can be so, so difficult working with social media because yeah. it's you're at the mercy of everyone else and everyone yeah. else's thoughts and comments. And of course, the way that social media is you can lose your account you can lose all that hard work you can lose yeah. your portfolio that's what my instagram account is it's a portfolio yeah. it's not just a bit of fun it is something yeah. that i've poured my soul into and if someone some shitty person comes along and makes a nasty comment how am i going to protect my mental health and who can i speak to and who can i get advice from and um and you and have it, that that you have that band around you that yes that building of, that community that, that solidarity that, that, that chosen family yeah. um has been so helpful yeah. as well as finding people that are willing to lift you up yeah. not just help you out here and there like willing to collaborate with you and like pull you to the surface and and I'm I'm very lucky in that I have several people that are a part of that and it's it's about sharing the wealth I don't yeah. want to just steal all my fucking followers I want to share that and and yeah. and build other accounts and help other people see more mm-hmm. it's um and of course it, when you're doing something like this being really open and honest with your family and your friends mm-hmm. can yeah. be so hard but it is so important for your own mental health i feel yeah. like i hid it from certain people from certain family members and it was like i just didn't fully accept myself yeah. um especially like my ex where he didn't really agree with what i did he okay. he said he did but when it actually came down to it there was a lot of judgment right. a lot of um trying to put in boundaries that that meant I couldn't do the type of sex work that I wanted to and I've also learned to not people please and mm. to not say oh no I, I won't do this to save their hurt and to mm. save their um discomfort then for me to say no this is something I am going to do and let's do it together and I'm going to prove to you that it's okay and if it's not okay then that's another conversation and I'll go I'll go my own way anyway thank you very much yeah okay uh, it's the same with like you know my brother for example I found it so hard to talk about what I do and of course there are things that I can mention to him and things I can't but Mm -hmm. now I'm just like I am who I am and if that's something that you don't want you don't want to be a part of then that's fine I'm just going to pre-warn you before I talk to this like shop assistant about the fetish clubs that I go (laughs) to like hope that's cool bro does your brother is your brother a dentist no he's um he's a computer hacker okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay right wow whole other conversation okay (laughs) Reed. I think we should um wrap up there this has been so great to speak to you and just like really pop in on all these light bulbs in my head yeah so thank you very much no thank you this has been incredible thanks for letting me speak and and say my piece it's so important (laughs) it is thanks for listening to this episode Let me know what you think of free sex, the idea, or the podcast. Leave me a review and a star rating if you can. On social media, I'm at Adam Smith. Yes, that's Smith, but with a Z or a Z. Yeah, Smith. Mm. (laughs) It feels good in the mouth. 
<laughs> you can find more Aunt Nell productions on our website, auntnell.com. And on social, we're at auntnell underscore. The theme music is Trans Life by Othon. Hosted, produced and edited by Adam Smith. And the executive producer for Aunt Nell is Tash Walker. To all you loves and lovers, good night. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.